Does Naka suck or is it the best loan program out there? I mean, it seems great on paper, but I hear all these horror stories. Well, I'm going to help you get to the bottom of it in today's episode by actually reading the Naka manual and going over the facts about the program. We'll cover things such as, is it really no down payment, no closing costs? I mean, do you need no money for a Naka loan? Yes and no. Uh, what about the credit requirements? I hear that you don't need any credit for a Naka loan. Well, yes and no, they don't look at your credit, but you can't have bad credit either. What about the income limits? What about occupancy requirements? What about the rates? Can I use Section 8? What about um, who's eligible? What about the debt to income ratio? What if I got student loans? We're going to cover everything and more about the program in today's episode. And I'm also going to share you experiences from people that have actually gone through the program successfully and unsuccessfully because I personally have not been through the program, but I know how to read, which is why I'm going through the handbook with you. If this is your first time hearing the sound of my voice, my name is David. I have a background as a mortgage underwriter, a mortgage lender, and a realtor. So yes, that is the entire home buying process. I purchased multiple homes myself, but most importantly, I've helped hundreds of people just like you buy their first home in real life. I don't just talk about it on the internet. Let's go get those keys. Welcome back to House Rich, the first time home buyer show where we provide you actionable steps to buy your first home. I know you probably got three big questions, so let's jump right into it. It's about the credit, the money, and why in the world does it take so long? So I'm going to cover those quickly before we dive into all the details on the program. So first and foremost, there is no down payment. There is no closing cost. You can go right on Naka's website and it says if you can pay your rent, you can pay your mortgage. That is not to be confused with not needing any money at all to go through the program. Because think about it, like why in the world would you want to purchase a house if you've not been able to save up any money through your entire life? That is a recipe for disaster. So you do need money. We'll get into those details. Next, credit. So Naka does not like look at a credit score to require you or qualify you for the program, but you can have bad credit. Think about like if you are lending somebody money, you want to know that they've been paying their bills and meeting their financial obligations in the past. And last but not least, why in the world do you hear about it taking so long? Well, some of it may be NACA and some of it people not meeting the requirements. Because if we go back to the aforementioned things, no down payment, no closing costs, they're not looking at a minimum credit requirement. There's going to be a lot of requirements to go through the program with these type of details. If you don't want to deal with it, use an FHA loan or conventional loan. NACA has a 10-step process to home ownership from going to sitting on the couch in your apartment to sitting in the living room of your brand new home and watching TV on the, the big two. So step one is you go through a NACA workshop. It is a eight-hour workshop where you learn the ins and outs requirements of the NACA program. And it also just prepares you in general for the home buying process, being a homeowner and all the pros and some cons that come with home ownership. Step two, and between step two and three is where a lot of people get jammed up because they're not able to follow the basic requirements. So I'm gonna read you exactly what NACA has to say about their portal. It's your go-to place while you progress through the NACA home buying process. You can use your member portal to get updates on your status, identify your next steps in the purchase process, providing information, submitting documents, and much more. You can also schedule counseling appointments and review any information documents you have provided. The member portal will keep you up to date 
on what you must do to become NACA qualified. So you put your information into the NACA portal, you put your documents, we'll talk about all the documents as we go through here. And there's basically like a checklist. So it's like, okay, you've submitted the, the W-2s, check. You've submitted X, Y, and Z. And it lets you know where you are in the progress. But here's the thing. Let's say you think you've submitted something, but for whatever reason, let's say it was a glitch on NACA side and it didn't get registered. Well, if you don't see a green check mark next to what you submitted, it may be NACA's technical issue, but the delay is also on you because you got to make sure those um, those items are like checked off so you can progress to the next step. Step three, the qualification process meeting with your NACA counselor is the most important part of the process. It's where a lot of the delays and complaints and gripes and people have about the program happen. I have a friend of mine, Andre Haynes, who's been through the program uh, twice. He's actually on episode five of this program. I interviewed him. And the first time he went through, he had a lot of the traditional gripes and complaints that folks had. Like, why is this taking so long? Why is the NACA counselor delaying this you know, X, Y, and Z? And then at a certain point, he realized... Why should the NACA counselor care more about my loan than I do? Like, now I'll give you this example. Me as a mortgage lender, I may have like 15 to 20 people in the pokers in the fire, whatever that phrase is, for a certain month. But I know realistically like only three to maybe five people out of that 15 to 20 may actually close on a property in a certain month. And I give attention to everybody, but the people that are pinging me, calling me, texting me, emailing me, they get more like TLC and attention because I know that they're really serious about the program. And after a certain point, Andre said, everybody in the NACA office knew his name because he was coming to the office to check up on folks. So when he didn't get an email back or he put something to the portal and didn't hear back, he would go into the NACA office to check on what was going on and to talk to people. So the people in there literally knew his name. And that's how he found out about the extended loan limits. Like he didn't realize that um, you could buy like a four unit property with the NACA program. Just keep that in mind when I talk about all these details and requirements that may seem very, very stringent. Make sure you're taking your destiny into your own hands when walking through this program. So first we're gonna talk about the below market interest rate. So it's defined by two different types of members. There's a priority member and a non-priority member. So here's what NACA has to say about that. NACA's mission prioritizes providing assistance to low to moderate income members, as well as those who purchase properties in low to moderate income communities. These members are considered priority members. As defined below, priority members receive a 1% reduction in interest rate from the below market NACA fixed rate. This is the priority interest rate. Members who do not meet the priority member criteria or who do not purchase in a priority area still reap the NACA benefits such as a below market rate, no down payment, no closing costs, mortgage insurance, etc. So there are two different types of folks, but both still get below whatever the current market rate is. The priority members just get an additional 1% under NACA's low, low, low interest rate. So let's dive a little bit deeper into what a priority member is. A priority member is a low to moderate income member whose combined income is equal to or less than the median family income in that metropolitan statistical area, also known as MSA, where they are purchasing a property. So it's where you're buying a property, not where you live. Let's say you make $67,000 and where you live, the area median income is $65,000. So you would not be eligible in that area, but you found a another location where the area median income is 
$70,000, you'd be potentially eligible for that area income-wise as long as that area qualifies. Non-priority members. Non-priority members are those who have a total combined application income exceeding 100% of the AMI in the specific MSA they are intending to buy the home. Non-priority members are eligible for the NACA mortgage program if they are purchasing in a priority or eligible area, which we'll talk about now. Priority areas. As defined by NACA, a priority area is defined as a low to moderate income census tracts, which refer to areas or neighborhoods that have a population of 2,500 to 8,000 people where the median family income of people living in the area is less than 80% of the median income for that MSA. Non-priority members purchasing in a priority area receive the same priority interest rate as priority members. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to get people to come into neighborhoods and areas where people have moved out. There may be a little bit of blights over there, incentivizing people from like all income brackets to purchase in this area. Next, let's talk eligible areas. They are census tracts where the median family income of people living in the census tract is between 80% to 100% of the median income for that MSA. Non-priority members cannot get a NACA mortgage for property outside of an eligible area. NACA also wants you to be aware that you can buy down your interest rate, which is very important because there's no down payment or closing costs. So you may want to potentially come out of pocket in order to buy down your interest rate or a more likely scenario, there's something called seller concessions where sometimes sellers will offer the buyer money to go towards their closing costs and down payment in order to incentivize them to close on the property. But of course you don't have any down payment or closing costs. So you would use this to buy down your interest rate. A buy down is essentially prepaid interest. So let's say we're looking at a $200,000 home. I know, where do you find $200,000 homes? And you're looking to buy down the rate. I'm not gonna go through all the math, but let's say it's gonna be about $9,000 to buy down the rate, 0.75%. On a $200,000 home, your principal and interest payment may be about $984. In the same scenario where you use that $9,000 to towards like a down payment, your principal and interest payment would be $1,025. So it makes more sense to use that money towards a buy down than potentially a down payment towards the property. And so here's a great example of buying down your interest rate. Andre Haynes went through the program and got a seller's concession. And now the interest rate on one of his fourplexes is 0.75%. So almost free money in order to buy his home using that interest rate buy down. I'm a realtor in Dallas and would love to help you reach your goals of home ownership. So click the link in the description and just schedule a call no matter where you are or your journey. Not in Dallas, no worries. I can help connect you with a vetted realtor in your local jurisdiction as well. And feel free to share with friends, family, and folks. Everyone gets love. There's also various terms you can use for NACA, you know, your 15, 20, 30 year program. There's also a rehab program as well, where you can roll the renovation costs into the loan. Similar to the FHA 203K program, there's something called the Hot PHA Section 8 Housing Voucher Program. And it says through the program, PHA approved payment standards currently paid to the landlord would go directly to the lender covering the participants monthly mortgage payments. So you can use your Section 8 vouchers through the program. NACA is also looking into building their own homes through something called the NACA Homes Program. 
Uh, now for how much you can qualify for. So these are the max loan limits for most areas for the NACA program. For a one unit property, it is $548,250 all the way up to $1,054,554. I say most areas because they're also high cost areas. So these are like your LA's uh, parts of DC as well. And so those limits are for a single family home $822,375 all the way up to $1,581,750 for a four plus. What I really like on the NACA website is they say afford. When they talk about mortgage payments, here's what they have to say. To determine an affordable monthly mortgage payment, members will work with the NACA counselor. This process requires obtaining and reviewing information about every household member and dependent who will live in the purchased home regardless of whether they're on the mortgage or not. They focus on what you can afford, not necessarily qualify for. And they have a very detailed budgeting worksheet you'll fill out. When I talk about detail, here's some of the things on this uh, spreadsheet. So they look at stuff, you know, like phone, childcare, entertainment, utilities, but there's even line items for like coffee and snacks. That's how detailed they are. There's even a grooming section if you have pets. Like it's a very, very detailed budget that you'll fill out with your counsel, which is very important because most people don't actually realize where the money's going, even though they think they do. So it's something pretty cool to fill out whether you're looking to go through the NACA program or not, just so you know where your money is going. So they're evaluating your monthly saving, which is defined as the amount that remains after deducting total liabilities, rent and household expenses from the total income. Let's say your rent is $2,500. And when it's all said and done, you have $500 left over every single month. You most likely will be able to afford a house with a mortgage of $2,500. Now let's say when it's all said and done, you have negative $300 left over. Well, you don't not qualify for the program, but they're going to lower the max monthly payment for a house that you can afford in that scenario. Now, let's say your rent is $2,500, but you want to move into a place that has a mortgage of about $2,700. That's what they consider is payment shock. So you'd have to have additional money saved in order to meet that payment shock, which is that delta between the $2,500 and the $2,700 monthly payment. They'll also help you establish a monthly savings commitment. And this is the area where people get jammed up because it's a certain amount of money you need to put into another account up until the point that you uh, close on the property. Like you can only take money out of this account in order to close on the home. So it says it needs to be deposited into a household savings account without any reduction in your in the balance of your other account. So it's not just moving money from you know one hand to the other. You should not withdraw any funds from your household savings account during the home buying process, except for the purchase of the home. Let's dive into payment shock a little bit more. Back to the example where your rent is $2,500 and you want to buy a place as a mortgage of $2,700. You need to show that you can save that additional $200 for at least three months per your bank statement. So if you haven't done that to date, now that's another three months that is added onto the program. Now, what if you have no history of paying rent? Well, unfortunately for you, now there is a six month timeline you have to show that uh, additional payment shock. Let's talk DTI or as NACA calls it, housing ratios. So your housing ratio is basically your mortgage payment divided by your 
gross income, aka income before taxes. So that can be 33% max. However, there is an exception, which I'll read from the guideline. Your maximum housing ratio may be increased to 35% of your gross income if you have a history of paying rent on time, the rent amount already exceeds 35% and you have not increased your liabilities or depleted your savings. On the other hand, though, other side of the coin, the maximum housing ratio may be less than 33% if your other debts are so high that the debts combined with your mortgage payment may exceed 40% of your gross income. So that, that front-end ratio for DTI can be 33%, maybe 35%, but also lower if the back-end ratio is 40%. Let's talk about what that back-end ratio is. Essentially, your it's called your debt ratio by NACA, but it's essentially the front-end ratio plus your monthly finance debts, and that can be 40%. Of course, there's exceptions too. It says the amount cannot exceed 40% of your gross income. In exceptional circumstances, a ratio may be up to 43% may be considered with strong compensating factors. But for the most part, imagine your front-end ratio is 33% and your back-end ratio is 40%. Now, these may seem low to you, but think about this. These are the before-tax numbers. So, like, after taxes, if you have a 33% front-end ratio, like, your real-life number may be, like, 40-50% on the front-end. On the back-end, your real-life number may be, like, you know, 50 or 60 or 70%. And once again, this is not factoring in your stuff that's not financed, like the child cares, the groomings, the coffee expenses and things in the world. So like your real, real life, all money in. If it's in like the 50s, like some loan programs, like conventional loans allow you, you may have like 100% real life DTI, which a lot of people are house poor. So not just focus on budget and making sure that you stay house rich. Here's some things that will eliminate you from the NACA program. Nobody in the household can actually have any interest in a property because you can just go live in that property and use the NACA program. And also you must occupy the property. They put a lien on the property that is $25,000 in order to incentivize you to stay in that property. If you try some sleight of hand and try to move out, they can require an immediate $25,000 payment from you. And one thing you know, at the end of the process, if you looked at the 10 steps, there's a step 10, they follow up with you after you've closed on the property. I actually had somebody who went through the program who said, NACA reached out to them a year later just to check on, see how things were going. Not like a, hey, are you, are you living in the property check? But just a genuine, how are things going? How's the property doing? How are you doing with your savings conversation? Let's get right to credit because that's probably what you came here for. So. I'm going to read this directly from the NACA handbook. So there's no confusion. There is no consideration given to your credit score. A reasonable on-time payment history over the last 24 months is required with a focus on the most recent 12 months. Late payments that are out of your control or those that are predatory are not considered. On-time rental payments are the most significant indicator of your ability to make on-time mortgage payments. So they're going to look at your bank statements. They're going to look at your payment history over the last 12 months. So let's go through the scenario where something happened 25 months ago and you had some, some bad credit happened and now your credit may still be recovering. Let's say you're in like the, the five fifties or, you know, low fives. Well, as long as you've been doing the right thing, the last 24 months, meeting your financial obligations, they don't care one bit about that 
credit score. You're good to go based on that 12-month history. Other side of the coin, let's say you had a great uh, um, credit history the last five years. Your score is in like the 720s, but something happened and you missed rent two months ago. Well, that is a very, very strong indication to knock it that something's going on with you financially. And they may require you to restart the clock or extend the time frame that you have to show that you have the ability to meet your rent payment. That's where people kind of get jammed up or upset. And it's like, oh, NACA's making me spend, you know, an extra five months, six months. Well, it's because you didn't meet your financial obligations like the last six months or, you know, two months ago. And that's the part where nobody, um, nobody says about NACA was like, the process is taking us long to qualify because you are not meeting the criteria NACA is requiring you to be plain and simple. But just because they don't use a credit score as a requirement does not mean they don't look at your credit report. I mean, how else are they to know what you've been doing the last 12 to 24 months? They're not just going to take your word for it. So here's from the uh, NACA guidelines. Well, your NACA counselor will closely review your payment histories for all individuals intended to be on the mortgage. NACA will retrieve a credit report from all members over the age of 21 who will be living in the home you purchased through NACA to review the payment history of debts affecting readiness for home ownership. So yes, they are looking at your credit report. They're just ignoring the score that Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax have assigned to you as a person. Once again, I'm going to reiterate by reading directly from the handbook. NACA's basic principle for NACA qualification is that you demonstrate a minimum of 12 months of on-time payments for all obligations that are required payments, which you are, which are reasonably within your control. So 12 months, 12 months, 12 months. So let's dive into rental history, which is the most important indicator NACA looks at. <laughs> rental payments are the most important indicator of your ability to make payments on time and the likelihood of making future mortgage payments on time. So they suggest, I mean, do what you want to do or what works for you, but it's most beneficial to make these payments electronically or with a check because there is a paper trail NACA can look at. You just going, eh, I not pay cash. I don't have any records. Oh, unfortunately, you're going to have to establish some sort of paper trail so NACA knows that you've been making their payments on time. But they do say this. You can provide NACA with a copy of the lease and a 12 months of cancel checks or other documentation that shows proof of payment, such as copies of the money orders with matching bank statements. But hey, what if I'm uh, staying with a friend or family or something like that? Um, what do I do in that situation? Maybe we got kind of like a, a loose agreement. Well, this is what Naka has to say about that. If you are related to your landlord or plan to purchase the house you're currently in, you must provide 12 months of cancel checks. You must provide that. So, cause you know, you could just provide a lease, they could sign it, you could, and you could just make up like a rent. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, Crystal, she's been paying $3,000 a month in rent. And they can put this on the, on the lease, but you know, in actuality, maybe you're paying nothing or you're paying, you know, 1200 or 500 or something like that. So if you're related, they want to see those canceled checks. Income qualifications, just like with other loan programs, they want to see a two year history of meeting your financial obligations directly from the handbook. Steady income over the last 24 months is required. A variety of income sources are acceptable Wages, self-employed, alimony, social security, pension, child support, etc. If your self-employed income is calculated using either the tax returns for the last two years or last year's tax returns only, as well as 
12 months of cash flow from bank statements covering that period. Now, what about gaps in employment? Any recent gap in income for 30 days or more will be evaluated to determine if it impacts income stability. So you need to have an explanation on why there's a gap of you having no income, whether it's a W-2 employee or a self-employed employee as well. We've talked income. What about your debts, which count literally twice as much as your income when we're looking at your debt to income ratio? Well, another reading from the handbook. General charge-off accounts do not have to be paid off. This rule does not apply to student loan debt. However, collections that occur within the last 24 months need to be paid off or must be in an approved payment plan. So once again, they're like, okay, the last 24 months, you have some struggles. We need to see you're making, um, you've talked to the creditor and you're making good and making these payments. And that's going towards your debt to income ratio as well. Liens and judgments, they need to be resolved. Uh, and released from court as well. NACA is not dealing with that stuff. Let's talk about student loan debts. Like I know things are in deferment. There's promises that stuff's being canceled. Stuff has been canceled. So how does NACA look at that? Well, your NACA counselor will work with you to determine your monthly student loan payment. You may use the NACA. You may use the student loan payment on your credit report, or if it's inaccurate from the credit report, you need to provide information showing why it's inaccurate. Now, what about there in deferment and things of that nature? Well. We need to figure out a number. It's not just going to be zero because it's assumed that you will have to, the payments will resume at some point. So the accepted payments NACA uses are income-based repayment plan, standard payments, extended fixed payments, and the largest payment amount for a graduated payment plan. So once again, if there is a student loan debt you have, there will be a payment used, even if they currently are in deferment. So just be aware of that. As mentioned, there's no down payment and no closing costs. Also, as mentioned, that does not mean you don't need any money in order to buy a home with the NACA program. I mean, seriously, if you have no money, like why would you want to buy a house? Like buying a house is not going to change the financial predicament, which you've not been able to save any money. But I guess that's your own prerogative. But here's some things that NACA lays out that you will need money for. So your earnest money. So earnest money is typically, depending on your market, about one to sometimes up to 3% of the purchase price you give the seller once you go into contract. It's your good faith um, gesture that says you're going through with the transaction. And that traditionally is applied towards your down payment. What happens is there's like a, a period, once again, depends on your market of like one to 10 days where you can actually do your due diligence on the property and inspection, et cetera, and decide to back out of the transaction and get back your earnest money. Now you may be thinking, well, if it I go through with the transaction and it goes towards my down payment or closing costs, but I don't got one, what happens? Well, you get your money back, your earnest money back at closing. You also need money for an inspection fee. You need money for maybe prepaid taxes, um, insurance, because you have to have property insurance and also reserves as well for the NACA program. So a reserve is a principal interest taxes and insurance payment, basically your mortgage payment, you will need to show NACA as well. So here are the requirements for reserves. If you have payment shock, one month of mortgage payments, if payment shock is less than $300, two months of mortgage payments, if payment shock is greater than $300. If you're self-employed, you need three months of reserves and mortgage payments. If you're buying a multifamily property, uh, four months for a duplex, five for a triplex, and six for a fourplex. 
here are the documents you need when meeting with your NACA counselor or honestly really any lender. And if you don't have them, you're wasting your time in the NACA counselor's time and you're probably honestly not serious about buying home because they're pretty easy to get. So if you're a W-2 employee, last few years of W-2s, last 30 days of pay stubs. If you're self-employed, your last few years of tax returns and your last 30 days of business bank statements. If you have like child support, alimony, or anything that's non-traditional, you need like the award letter and proof of deposits there. Um, if you've been through bankruptcy, you'll need documents showing the bankruptcy, etc. Um, and see the entire list as far as uh, what you need. All right, I told you step three was going to be the longest part. We're going to run through the last couple of steps to finish this thing out. So step four, you go to a, another NACA workshop. This is shorter. You get to know a little bit more about the program. You get to meet with different types of NACA realtors, other folks in the NACA program. And you don't have to use a NACA realtor, but at the bare minimum, you want to use a realtor that is familiar with the NACA program. So if you're using your friend Chris and they know nothing about the NACA program, they may not be your best advocate because you want somebody that can explain how the NACA program works to other realtors, maybe talk about NACA loans they've closed because as you know, NACA has a negative stigma about it. So if somebody cannot promote you and your NACA loan to another realtor, no matter how much uh, a great guy uh, or gal, I guess Chris, Chris is, because Chris is a, a unisex name, right? My uh, wife, I'm about to go on a tangent, but uh, make sure you use somebody that can advocate for you via through the NACA program. Um, next, you you find a home, you go under contract because your realtor advocated for you. Um, you're going to submit updated documents because let's say you met with your NACA counselor five, six months ago. They want updated documents, pay stubs, bank statements, etc. And they're going to reevaluate your profile. So if everything was all good when you met with the NACA person six months ago and now you bought a car or now your um, your the savings you committed to is low, unfortunately, you may not be able to qualify for that scenario. So make sure the same energy you had when you met with the NACA counselor, you're keeping that up as well because you can't go back in time and change your bank statements. And make sure you're, if something if something dips down, let's say your commitment was $300 a month, something popped up and now you're down to 200 or 254 a month. Make sure you're communicating that with the NACA person. So if there's an exception to be had, you can get that exception up front. Or now you know realistically it's like, eh, we're probably not going to allow that. Um, you can not waste your time as far as like um, searching for a home or, you know, you know, like what new timeline you may need for your home buying journey. Uh, next, we're going to uh, go through the underwriting process. We assume that's that's all good. And then you close on your property and get those keys. And now you get to sit on the couch in your living room and watch TV in a little bigger place. And then, like I said, knock continues to follow up with you throughout the program as well. So um, if you can still hear the sound of my voice, drop a house emoji to let me know you watched the whole episode. And as always, buy land, rumor has it, they're not making any more of it.